Dr. Pete, I always tell you that I can predict, I can tell you about a business. Just show me two things. Show me your marketing calendar and show me your training curriculum, right? Let me see your training calendar. That train, your commitment to training speaks volumes about your business. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Dr. Stephen, it's great to be together again today. Oh, so good to be here, Dr. Pete. I'm ready to rock. Yeah, we're, we're excited about the episode today. I'll tell you, we are marching through the Rubik's Cube and we're, this is the CEO transformation system, right? And so there are six sides to the Rubik's Cube and we've identified there are six parts of your business that you need to solve. And as a CEO, this is your responsibility. So we are going to dive into the fifth side. If you're just tuning in for the first time to our podcast, welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. in the right place. We love having you. And by the way, the other episodes before this, you should probably listen to because this is there is a, a sequence to what we're actually doing here. And so we'll, it'll, each one builds on the next. Uh, but welcome to this episode. And if you're a regular listener, we are so, so thrilled to have you uh, as part of uh, our audience and our tribe. We feel like we're doing this with you. So we're going to actually, we've got some amazing testimonies to share. But let me just say this. This is going to be your takeaway from this episode, whether you know to stick around or not. Just kidding. Stick around. We're talking about team training, and we're talking about training is a culture. It's cultural. And we're going to repeat this multiple times, doctor, in this episode, but the best investment that you can make is training your team. We're going we're gonna to go into that today, but before we do, Dr. Steven, we've got some, uh, some happy listeners and some amazing things happening. Yeah. So I just, first I want to call out something cool that happened this week. So um, Circle of Docs listed the 10 podcasts that every chiropractor needs to be listening to. And uh, guess what? We made the list. That's so cool, Dr. Pete. <laughs> Fresh out of the gate. Uh, so I just want to thank Bo Pierce and Circle of Docs. First, just for the great work that they do, man, they're just, um, they're class act. Dr. Bo is just wonderful and he just represents chiropractic so well. It's just created such a res- rich resource for us over there. At Circle of Docs, you can check that out over there. Man, what an honor to be named one of the podcasts that you just absolutely have to be listening to as a chiropractor, you know, moving forward 2008, 2019, 2020. Very cool. Yeah, man, I was, I was thrilled by that. And yeah, Dr. Bo, thank you so much for uh, recognizing us. And we, we loved also the people that we were recognized with, amazing doctors and amazing uh, leaders in our profession. And so we were just completely honored and thrilled. So thank you so much. And uh, we have a great review here, Doc. I'm looking here on my uh, Apple iTunes and uh, from Stephen Cams, and he says, uh, excellent, great content from two great doctors, gets into the meat and potatoes of practice and business development in general. Keep it coming. Hey, Stephen, thank you so much for the five stars, and we will for sure keep it coming. Got another five-star review from Dr. Lisa Hall. Dr. Lisa says, hey, thank you both so very much for the time, energy, and focus that you've put into this podcast and the profession as a whole. You docs rock. Love that. Yeah, this is uh, from Alan Miner. Dr. Alan, we love you, brother. And um, he simply says, legit. And then he follows it up with, uh, chiropractic has been missing this content. No flash, no gimmicks. Their insights are reflected in their well-proven and solid business acumen. These are two guys who walk the walk. They congruently live and breathe this stuff day in and day out as they mentor the most solid practices around the globe. And it 
quickly shows. Dr. Allen, man, thank you so much for sharing that. We love you and we appreciate you. Yeah, Dr. Al, thanks, buddy. So, uh, Dr. Steven, the topic for this episode is relevant for everyone. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we talk about training as a culture, and we're going to dive into that today. So, I said something right at the beginning, Dr. Steven, which was the best investment that you can make is in training your team. And let's, let's dive into this concept of return on investment. So this is something as CEOs that you absolutely are thinking about, uh, which is the investments that you make, right? Your return on the investments and where you're investing your resources. So Dr. Steven, let's start here. Let's talk about the investment, right? Because team training is an investment. You need to look at it through the lens of, as the CEO, that perspective as it's an investment. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Dr. Pete, in my observations, this is the most expensive mistake that chiropractors make today. The most expensive mistake, right? So, and it's a compound mistake, right? So, number one, by not investing in training their team, their practice itself is suffering, right? So, it's opportunity lost, right? So, the idea that they're not investing their time, energy, focus, and money uh, into their team and the, the practice itself struggles, suffers, and it just your capacity block uh, that you're creating, the opportunity loss is incredibly expensive, right? And then it's expensive on the soft science side of things because when you don't train your team and invest in training your team, it just creates this time suck on you as the owner. Uh, it changes the quality of your life. You know, you are the owner operator if you're not training your team, which means it's going to demand more of your time, your energy, and your focus. Remember, as the CEO one of our primary responsibilities is to marshal the four limited resources, right? So it's time, energy, focus, and money. And what I will tell you, the greatest ROI, the greatest return on the investment of your time, of your energy, of your focus, and of your money is in investing and training your team. Yeah, Doc. I mean, we, we both uh, come from the uh, background of really loving training with our team. You know, we, we, uh, we talk about this offline and we talk about this and, you know, I'm grateful that we get to work together and, and help doctors, you know, in our remarkable practice, remarkable CO programs. But I'll tell you, this is, this is something that for me in practice, I caught early on was the, the value and the importance of, of training um, and training with my team and, and the value of it and knowing that you know, this is a cultural shift, right? It's a culture that you're inviting people into. And you, you, you talk about this all the time, you know, when you talk about the type of businesses that we have, you know, and what type of businesses. We're in a healthcare business. We're also in a training business, right? So that's what we do. We train because we are in the business of saving lives, right? That's why we train. We train because we're in the business of saving lives. When business is good, everybody wins. Dr. Steven, I know we do this, and maybe it's because we're dudes, but we always talk about sports, right? We talk about sports and sports analogies. And I think about this and I think about, okay, so a sports franchise invests in players. And when they invest in the players, really what they invest in the players to do is to train, to stay ready so that when, because they know when they play, they're going to play well if they're, they're training and they're, they're in shape and they are on point. But these people are in the entertainment business. And, you know, God bless them. Entertainment is awesome. I think we all appreciate it. But we're in the business of saving lives. How can a, a organization that simply exists to entertain people, how can they take training more seriously than, than a business that's in the business of saving lives? How could that happen? That's a cultural shift, Dr. Steven, that if we see the, the, the reality of what we do and what's at stake, 
and we don't respond appropriately, to me, that's an incongruency. And, you know, we talk about how, you know, it, you know the, the organization that exists that is not going to be doing well, there's always going to be a level of dysfunction in there because, you know, there's an incongruency in the organization. And this to me is, is one that in chiropractic, we just can't get away with. We have to embrace this as a culture. Like you said, marshalling your resources. This is our role as a CEO to do this. If we look at the business of chiropractic, if we look at your practice as a business, as a CEO, you need to recognize that it is first and foremost, it's a, it's a healthcare institution, right? So this is a place, for, this is a place where people um, seek healthcare and heal, right? So number two, it's for patient education, right? So we want to change people's health outcomes, which means we have to change their behaviors, which means we have to change their belief system. So we have to be committed to patient education. And number three is making sure that we train up our team. If we say that we are in the business of saving lives, we need to act like it, right? So my question to you is, if I were to look at your schedule book, if I were to look at your practice schedule, would I see that? Would I say, okay, so I see this is where we have our adjustment times. This is prime time. This is where we have report time, right? These are, this is where we have new patients, right? This is where we have team meeting. This is where we have team trainings. This is where we have individual doctor's trainings. We have CA trainings. This is where we have team trainings and role playing happen. Would I be able to see that, right? So Dr. Pete, I always tell you that I can predict, I can tell you about a business. Just show me two things. Show me your marketing calendar and show me your training curriculum, right? Let me see your training calendar. That train, your commitment to training speaks volumes about your business. So now we're getting into some, some real sensitive matter, right? We're talking about your practice, practice statistics. Your vital signs of your practice are directly related back to two specific things. We're talking about your marketing calendar, your training calendar. You started out talking about how the best ROI that you're going to get, which would trump marketing every day, and you'll go toe-to-toe to anybody with that to talk through it, is actually training your team. So let's, let's go through this because there is a problem that we have. And, and in our profession, and I'm sure in any profession, there are three problems we've identified. I want to unpack all three, Doc Stephen, with you. I want to tell you what the three are, Doc. So as you're listening to me, these are the three issues that we see. Number one, doctors that don't train. Okay, so that, that's problem number one. We're going to unpack that. We're going to get into the psychology of why does that happen and, and how we can help you with that. The second problem we're seeing is doctors that stop training. Okay, so you once did, but now you don't anymore. So that's, that's problem number two. And then the third problem, we may linger on this one a little bit, which is, um, that you have a pain solving and firefighting training. And uh, so there's, these are the three problems that we want to dive into in this episode, because if we can help you identify where you are at in that and help you solve what, what kind of is your stuck or sticky point or pain point, whatever it is, and help you break through here, culturally, this is going to shift. And what's going to shift is your ROI, because there's three things that are going to happen as a result of this, Dr. Steve. Number one, the practice is going to grow. Number one, your income and impact is going to grow. And then the third, set number two, number three is your freedom is going to grow as a leader. So let's dive into the first one. If you like any of those three things, a practice that grows, income and impact that grows, and your freedom that grows, if you like those outcomes, let's solve this. So problem number one, Dr. Steven, doctors that don't train. Why does this yeah. happen? So, you know, getting back to what you just said there, Dr. Peter, around it's the greatest investment you can make. And you mentioned marketing. That's the mistake that most doctors make is the owner operator thinks, oh yeah, so I need to just throw more money at marketing, right? So the most, the, the best ROI I have is the money I spend on marketing my practice. And I'll tell you what, marketing is critically important, but it is clearly number two. Okay. So just think about that. 
we, we have just trumped your investment in training your team and developing your team has trumped the value of marketing, right? So you should be, if, if, you, if you're a business person, you look and you're like, you will get nervous if you don't know what you're investing in when it comes to marketing, right? You better know what your marketing calendar is and what you're going to be investing in time, energy, focus, and money in the future to grow your business, right? Well, you should become sphincteric if you can't say, I know exactly what, what we're doing this week, next week, next month to train, equip, and develop your team because you are leaving it on the table. You're leaving money on the table, number one, but you're also really impacting the quality of your life, right? Because if you're not training your team, you own a job, right? Which means that you're going to have to put your time, energy, and focus into everything, right? You're, you're not scalable and you're not durable. The power of training is it creates this incredible scalability and durability in your business. So if you've said to yourself, I don't have time to train, for example, or maybe I don't know how to train, or you know what? I just, you know, I've never got into training. It's, it's never been important to me. I just hire assistants around me. I do the work anyway, or my, I've got so much turnover on my team that I don't want to invest in training. Okay. So that's a bigger problem. Let's back up and listen to the previous two episodes and learn about surrounding yourself with a players. Because if you really want to go from owning a job to owning a business, you have got to have everything systematized, surround yourself with a players and train and develop your people. Okay. So for those of you who are not training, I say train your team or smash your head against the wall. You spoke to a few things. And so let's just go right to it, Dr. Stephen. So if I am a chiropractor and I go to chiropractic college and I get a degree and then I decide I'm going to go out and I'm going to, some of our listeners are associate doctors in a practice. Some of you are students who are going to be going to practice. Some of you are practice owners uh, who are in there. And some of you may be CAs, et cetera. Here's the thing. No one told you to do this, right? So no one has told you when you go into practice, you're going to train. You know, no, nobody said you're going to need to do that. I, at least I can't remember, even in any of my business classes, them saying- Never once. <laughs> when you get into practice, one of the most important things you're going to do is you're going to be, you need to train. You need to be training every week. No, no one emphasized that at all. I paid a lot of money for my chiropractic education. I spent years in that place. Not once, not once. Did it, so the first thing we're going to do today, if you're not training- and you don't train, it's like, it's okay. It's okay. Maybe you didn't know. And I just want you to, I just want to release you from that, like feeling of whatever may come over you. Like, I don't, we don't want you to feel the weight of it. We actually want to help you solve this. Number one is training. It's cultural. Okay. When, when it's cultural, there are, there are a few things that come in. Number one is beliefs. There's a belief that there's, there's actually value to training, right? There's a, there's a, there's a mindset that's coming with that. There's value for it. And then third is there's behavior. So beliefs, values, and then behaviors. Those things are all part of a culture, right? That's what defines, helps define cultures around the world. So there, there has to be a shift that you have to believe that it's important, Dr. Stephen. You have to believe it. Just because you weren't told it in chiropractic school doesn't mean it's not important. Because you may say, well, if, they, if it was, they would have told us. No, that's not true. And so I just want to say, if you need a shift in your belief systems, then we just need to hang out with us and we'll help you get there. You know, and, and so get to like an immersion, for example, a remarkable practice immersion. You, and just, just get to an environment where you start training on just some basic one-on-one blocking and tackling for your practice. I'll tell you what, changes everything. So that's one is beliefs. Number two is values. You have, you have to value it, Dr. Steven. There has to be values in place for, for improvement. But it's not even just improvement and getting better and optimization. It's also equipping. It's valuing the people. You talked about churn, you know, and you referenced like, well, we're just going to, they're going to be here and they're going to leave anyway. No, that's churn and it's painful and I, we get it. We've been there, but you know, if we want to reduce churn, then we've got to invest into our team. That's actually one of the best ways to reduce it. 
Plus, it raises the standard of who you're attracting once you actually are training, and you 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 eliminate B and C, and you just attract A, right? So it actually creates that that magnet that magnet that you want for great people. And then the third, of course, is behavior. So when it becomes behavioral, that's cultural, right? Behaviors that are aligned with the beliefs and the values, and you start seeing that if there, there's an energy shift that starts happening internally. So I would say for those who are don't training, number one, we don't want you to feel the weight. It's it's okay, but it's not okay anymore, uh, and so. Just, just identify where it, where's, where is your issue? Is it beliefs? Is it values? Is it behaviors? And like, how can we help you with that? That's one. So I just want to talk to that. The second, Dr. Stephen, is those who stopped training, which again, we could probably circle through those three things as well because it's cultural. But why have you stopped training? Dr. Stephen, why do, why do doctors who used to train stop training? Yeah. So the most common reason I hear doctors who used to train and don't train anymore is, well, you know what? I've had my team. They've been around for years now. They know, they know how to do everything. So we just stopped training. Training became less important. And I can't tell you how tragic that is because ultimately, can you imagine, we'll go back to the sports analogy. Can you imagine athletes who stop training or if you were special forces or a Navy SEAL, would you ever stop training, right? So ultimately what you have to recognize is this is blocking and tackling and fundamentals and everyone could get better. So if we are going to commit to surrounding ourselves with A players, here's the truth. A players want to be trained. They want to be developed and they will not tolerate B or C players. Okay. And if you're not the source of growth for them, where they feel like they're becoming remarkable, that they're learning, growing, expanding their skill sets, people want to be awesome at what they do. Read Daniel Pink's book, Drive. It talks about amped autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Your A players, they have an appetite for development. They want you to train them. So that's a great sign that you've got the right people on your team and a red flag if you've got somebody who shouldn't be on your team. That training and development resonates with them, especially if they buy into your vision and the greater purpose and the mission of your practice, right? People want to be trained and they want to be developed. So if you're thinking to yourself, oh yeah, I've had my CA for two years or three years and my team's a veteran team and they know how to do everything, so we don't train anymore. Man, I'll tell you what, that's a huge mistake. Number one, you're going to lose your best people. They're going to go to another environment where they're going to get developed further and they're, because they're going to sense that they stopped growing. Uh, number two, people are going to become apathetic. Number three, you're going to experience drift in your systems because that's what happens. Things start to atrophy. Things start to get off track when we don't train, when we skip the pop flies, when we skip batting practice, the skill sets start to drift. And next thing you know, you look around and you've drifted so far away from your systems and process and procedures and your narrative. The message has changed. Your business has changed. So I just want to reemphasize the three things. So these are the symptoms that happen. You talked about the underpinning of you know, why we train and, and, and the value of that. But there's three things that happen when you stop training. If you, if you have trained, number one is you start losing your best people. Right there, pause. Like, that's not okay. The most expensive, we talked about this as well. The most expensive thing you, you have to do is to replace, you know, replacing people. We talk about patients. We talk about replacing a team member. Oh my gosh. You know? Yeah. Let me put some teeth on that, Dr. Pete. So top grading says that hiring the wrong person is going to cost you three times their salary that year. Losing the right person will cost you five times their salary that year. That ought to pain you. Yeah. So we can just drop the mic and go now. <laughs> yeah, so, so, train and develop your people. Yeah, so th th again, this is why training. Because, well, let, let's say the course. The second one was apathy, right? So people become ap apathetic. One of the things that in the Gallup studies, they talk about uh, people who are actively disengaged at work and the numbers are like, crazy high. 
And they, they specifically say it's because people are not in their, maybe in their area of their strength. So I'm just going to take that. I'm just going to go a little bit further and say, it also could be because they're not in the area of strength because they haven't been trained and they're not being held accountable to a standard. So potentially the reason why people are apathetic or they're, you know, what do they call it? Presentium was I'm here, but I'm really not here. And all these other symptomatologies. They're disengaged, of, right? Of disengagement, disenfranchisement, just going through motions, that type of business. Like, don't look at your people and be like pointing your finger at them. Remember we used to say growing up, one point at them, three at you. Like as a responsibility, it's my responsibility to say, this is a symptom. There's probably a root cause that I could help with. So the second thing is apathy in your people. And the third thing was drift in your systems. Drifting in your systems, now that's painful. And how many times I get onto a, a call with a doctor who's looking for a coach because they realize these are the symptoms. These are the things that are happening. They're seeing they're losing good people, having a hard time there. The people that they have, it's like, I just don't know if they're a player. I don't know what's going on. And I feel like our systems are, I'm not liking what I'm seeing. So this is all happening. And then we can ask one question. Are you training regularly with your team? Right? Do you have a culture there? So that's the second problem, Dr. Steven, and a reason why training is the greatest investment you're going to make. The third is the problem-solving firefighter, chiropractor, right? So, and I know this one, maybe you do as well, but it's like the doctor or the patient or the doctor relationship that's chasing symptoms, right? And, you know, we all know, like, it has happened to us, but that's not what you want. That's not the practice. That's not the remarkable practice that we're after. Nobody wants that type of practice. Well, we, we, we create that with our, in our businesses when we do it like that. And that, to me, is the owner-operator versus the CEO. Absolutely. So the, the, you know, the difference between being the doctor who's, or the owner that's training their team based on what's not going well, um, firefighting, problem solving, basically saying, where did we suck today or this week? Let's train on that, right? Like what went wrong? What went sideways? We need to train on that, right? That's a reactive process versus a proactive creative process. The CEO looks ahead and says, I can predict exactly how our business can run if we have systems in place, commit to surrounding ourselves with A players and put together a training curriculum that takes this team through this predictive process of right, a stepwise linear process so that your team can anticipate what they're going to be training on. They know that there's a curriculum that they're going to follow. It's going to follow in a linear fashion, the narrative that a patient's going to experience. Let's say it's a new patient coming in. So we're going to train on day one, day two, day three, our conversion process. Then we're going to shift gears into our retention process, day three, day four, and beyond. And we're going to train in this linear fashion. This creates so many benefits, right? So there's the fact that a person understands the context of what's happening in the training. Like, so last week we trained on this, this week we trained on that, uh, this week we're going to train on this, and next week we're going to train on this subject, right? So it's all in a linear fashion, stepwise fashion, as if you were training in the scenes of a play, right? So let's say we're looking at the conversion process, day one, day two, day three. We're going to spend the next several weeks training just our conversion process. Everyone on the team can settle down and say, okay, I can anticipate what's coming. I know exactly what we're going to train on. I know what we trained on last week, what we're going to do this week, what we're going to do next week. So that allows them to study and to learn, read, watch videos, and prepare for training. So they show up having prepared for training and they're performing a training. Training implies role-playing, right? So you're either meeting or you're studying and learning or you're training, and training means role-playing, okay? So if you're going to do this well, you have to have a curriculum that your team's following. They need to know exactly what do I need to be studying? What do I need to be preparing, learning and preparing and be ready to show up and to perform to be critiqued, right? So that's really when training takes off. And the, 
it what it prevents if you're just troubleshooting and jumping all over the place is that you'll end up with team members that have these disjointed skill sets and the overriding narrative is lost you know so if you think about the for example we're saying the conversion process this is really one communication that happens to take place over 3 days uh, if you jump around all over the place and just pain solve or troubleshoot your systems and you train that way, you're going to have these disjointed skill sets and you're going to lose the power of the overriding narrative. Sounds to me a lot like subluxation, Doc. And, you know, we are with training your team. It's like making the adjustments. And we always tell people, listen, it's not about what you're feeling. Don't come in when you're feeling bad. You come in because we know that subluxation is, is sub, subclinical, sub-symptoms. Once the symptom shows up, it's awesome really, often really late in the process. Docs, here's the deal. Don't just get motivated to train when things start hitting the fan. That's the, fire, the firefighter kind of you know, problem solver. This is a proactive, preventative process. This is, this is an intelligent process. This is wisdom. We, treat, we teach our patients. We want them to be smart. Well, we have to be smart in how we run our businesses. So let's, let's model what we want our people to model as far as their behaviors and how they show up to taking care of their health. Let's take care of our businesses like we take care of our health proactively. So Dr. Steven, this is, we're going to need to pause our conversation here right now because we're going to pick this up. Actually, in our next episode, we're going to go into the second part where we're going to start talking about what does it mean to be the CEO to create this proactive and predictable culture? What is, it, what is a training curriculum? You talked about step-by-step, step, this linear process, this narrative of the patient experience. We look at attraction, conversion, retention. You know, we want to be deliberate about training our people to be awesome. And training means role playing. In the next episode, we're going to get into how to execute a remarkable training. Remember, the best investment you can make is training your team. Docs, so, so grateful to be journeying with you. Remember to tune in for our next episode in the second part of this series on training. We're going to get into executing a remarkable training. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.